Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig. And I am Lauren. We are your Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone of TA News. And we're going to get right into it today. I've got one for you, Lauren, straight off the bat from Recruiting Brain Food. A poll conducted last week showed that 45% of people would use touch-up tech on video calls. This is AI to artificially make you look more appealing based on what the computer thinks you should. And coming from someone who avoids making wearing makeup wherever possible, is this the type of tech that resonates with you? Or are you one of the 14% that says, no, I'm already gorgeous? I'm gorgeous. I'm just gorgeous. <laughs> oh, look, it's... it's... Okay, filters are everywhere. We all know them. People have been using filters for years. And those who know me and follow me on socials know that in the lockdown years, I went nuts. You sure did. (laughs) um, With stupid filters. Because what else was I going to do locked in my house for three or four months at a time? So, look, look, I just... Well, what happens if you're doing... How much change? (laughs) How much change are we talking about? Because I don't know. Are we having someone walk into an office after they've gone for an interview on Zoom and they don't even look anything like the fucking person? Who the hell is that? And then how many times do we hear of people interviewing one person on Zoom and then someone else turning up for the actual job? This is going to throw some serious confusion out there because that has happened. It has. And and I think that um, if if you are used, look, I understand exactly too for maybe in a social context but if professional going for a job surely if you're using maybe in a meeting context but not for an interview Mm, not for an interview i agree with you i agree with you if you're trying to if you're trying to sell your um your solution to someone sure in the first video meeting you know Spruce yourself up a bit, but well, um, even I'll put some makeup on for that. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be doing it in interviews, people, because if you do get the job and you turn up on day one, no one's going to recognise you. That's so true. Look, mm. I'm very comfortable in my own skin, as Craig knows. I'll avoid wearing makeup where possible. Mm. And mm. Um, yeah, look, I, I suppose everyone's got their insecurities and their vanities, haven't yes, they? Yes, but if it's good enough for Pamela Anderson, it's good enough for me. I agree. You go, Pammy. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right. Bosses plan to pay staff less for working at home. Survey it for, I agree, from the Fin Review this week. One in three employers are planning to pay employees who work from home differently from their office colleagues, according to new research, risking a battle with remote staff who may feel relegated to second class. Mm-hmm. I agree with that statement, actually. So they're saying that uh, 38% of senior execs in large Australian corps, this is from a Future of Work global survey by Herbert Smith Freehills, um, they say that 30 are revealing plans to differentiate pay between remote and in-office staff in the next three to five years. I don't agree with this. I really don't agree with this. If someone Mm. is fully remote, you have hired them knowing that from the very beginning and you've negotiated that pay. Hybrid work, exactly the same as being in the office full-time, if you ask me. And a lot of companies are going down that hybrid model. Mm. Um, I think you are creating um, second-class citizens if you're going to do this within your company. And usually, and I, I think, in my opinion, I've got no stats or data to back this up, 
it's going to affect women more than men and it's going to make the gender pay gap bigger. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, a, I was going to say, for me, I think it's a, a commercials versus an ethics um, argument. I, I understand that if someone's working from home, they're not spending money in the commute. They're probably, so, you know, there's some commercials. But then on the other argument, it. they're spending money on more power by staying at home and using yep. their personal internet connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're cutting new costs so you don't have to have a bigger office and real estate somewhere. So you are saving money on that as well. And yet you're still getting the same turnout of quality of work. Is it just so, another tool to get people back in the office? I think it's uh, I I'm not really sure, mm. but this is what it's saying, and I just think that if that if companies are going to go down that because women do prefer the work from home model, or they prefer that hybrid model because it is amazing how many loads of washing you can get in a day <laughs> done, and it takes you five minutes to shove sheet in the machine and throw a table in there and it's done and yeah. it hasn't disrupted your work. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. So, I agree. I think it's, but on the back of that, there was another survey Mm -hmm. that the Australian Fin Review conducted saying that um, Australian employees now work between one and four days a week from home. That's 55% of them. So that is a huge thing. Now that compares to 38% of people who never work from home and 7% who are fully remote. Now this data suggests that there's a, but there's a lot of data coming out of the States at the moment. There's a significant Mm -hmm. decline in remote working in the U S and that is showing that Australia really isn't going that way. The same as the U S we're going in the opposite way. We're embracing the hybrid work model more so than the U S is. And I, I, Again, opinion, I think that the U.S. have got so much money invested in real estate, in in offices and things like that. They're trying to utilise it, where Mm. I think Australia is probably a little bit more flexible in that sense. So kudos to us. Yep, yep, We're leading your way here. Mm. And I think that if you're an employer thinking of changing your salary bandings purely because someone works from home three days a week, get your fucking hand off it. (laughs) Because that employee will leave to a company that's not going to treat them as a second-class citizen. Exactly. Okay, from Indeed this week, conditions in Australia's retail sector are cooling, yet there's no shortage of jobs. While retail conditions might be cooling, reflecting Australia's cost of living crisis, demand for workers across the industry remains elevated. And Christmas hiring is actually tracking way ahead than where it was last year. So by the end of September, there were 2.1 times as many retail job postings on Indeed as there were before the pandemic began. Normally, job seeker interest in Christmas jobs doesn't peak until November, but job seeker interest this year has been so high that it's already exceeding the peaks from both 2021 and 2022. So Mm. um, really interesting on that, but we've got some more insights from Indeed's senior economist, Callum Pickering, and that will be in the show notes. Uh, Just another note on... Um, the way that the labour market's headed. Advertised salary growth is still hot as well, despite cooling markets. So advertised salaries grew by 0.4 of a percent month on month of September, and that's taken it to an annual growth rate of 4.8%. But most economists are saying that we're moving towards a more normal market where demand for new workers evens out with supply, and we'll probably see a slight decrease in salary levels over the next 12 months. But the positive I take out of this is that we're looking towards a more normal labour market for the next 12 months. And after the roller coaster had it's very very welcome isn't it oh you're not bloody wrong i'm sick of being on a roller coaster the only roller coaster i want to know is around about the atc event <laughs> later, later next month so i'm finding out there like talking to people 
on a daily basis. We're getting calls from TA teams being let go. Um, so we're seeing, even though we've got record unemployment, low unemployment, we've got a lot of people looking for work. And I think this is why maybe the Christmas casuals are picking up because I've got to tell you, I think some people are putting off hiring till next year already. And this in this quarter, it's just going to be a real tough one. Um, it's very mixed messages out there in the market right now. Yeah, I think it's you're a right. It's a big place to be. You know, you've said it before, that two speed. So, you know, what we just discussed then is probably not indicative of what's going in the tech market. But if you're in healthcare, mm-hmm. aged care, of course, because there's so much demand and salaries are going yeah. to be impacted positively from that. But I was just talking to someone yesterday and they said they've been dealing with a senior salesperson from uh, sort of the HR tech and rec tech area who is out of work at the moment and is doing Uber Eats deliveries to make ends meet. Wow, that doesn't surprise me. Mm. That does not surprise me because I've been speaking to a person who very similar skill set, um, and he's considering going overseas. Yeah, because hold, Australian markets is dead until next year. But hold tight, because Lauren and I have discussed this a lot off air, and we both believe that February next year is going to be nuts, and we're going to see some real positivity in our. Um, in, I in- agree. Yeah, we both think that because it's been. The brakes have been put on early, and this year has been crap. Yeah, they've been pumped hard, the brakes. And um, mm. someone's going to have to hit the accelerator soon. Otherwise, you're not going to oh. get up that hill. <laughs> They're rolling backwards at this rate, buddy. Rolling yeah. backwards. What else All righty. Okay, so I was watching the news yesterday morning. I was mm. making my breakfast after walking the harvester. Hey, little buddy. And um, the US announces the strongest global action yet on AI safety. Now, this comes from the BBC because I usually have that on in the morning. Uh, The White House has announced that it's calling the most significant actions ever taken by any government to advance the field of AI safety. An executive order from President Biden requires AI developers to share safety results with the US government. In places, the US at the center of the, it places the US at the center of a global debate on AI governance there is a it was really interesting to watch and then i went and did some reading on it but i pulled out a few points um because obviously there's a lot there's a lot so it basically means it's going to include creating new safety and security standards for ai including measures that require ai companies to share the safety test results with the federal government Mm. protecting consumers privacy by creating guidelines that agencies can use to evaluate privacy techniques used in ai uh, helping to stop AI algorithms disem- discriminate and creating best practices on the appropriate role of AI in the justice system. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because clearly they've had a few in- things over there. Creating a program to evaluate potentially harmful AI-related healthcare practices and creating resources on how educators can responsibly use AI tools. And working with international partners to implement AI standards around the world. So. At least there's a government there taking some positive action and trying to regulate an industry, unlike our own government here in Australia, who seems to be sitting on their hands waiting for something to go wrong when they can jump in then and over-regulate, which is usually the way any Australian government works with anything when it comes to tech. But there was another thing that Biden did mention in this press conference, and this is what I found really interesting, and that comes back to what you mentioned about AI filters. Mm. If you are using AI, you have to say like a generated piece of work or uh, 
uh, image, you actually have to say this is AI generated. They're going to bring that AI in as law, enhanced. are they? Apparently wow. so. And, or AI enhanced. So that I found really interesting. But at least we've got another government stepping up to actually make some rules uh, and start some governance. So if anyone out there in the Australian government happens to be listening, get some shit done, please. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've got a really, really what I found quite amusing one. Gen Z is losing their shit about life after uni. And this comes from multiple sources. You know what I love about TikTok, Lauren? I'll tell you, it gives a platform for all the bloody crazies out there to do whatever they want. And young influencers are losing it over the harsh realities of everyday working life once you finish your degree. A college graduate called Alison has caused a stir online by complaining, this is on TikTok, that she earns more now at her waitressing job than she will when she takes an entry-level position in her chosen career. She explained that while drinking coffee in her, or she did this while drinking coffee in her car over TikTok, she hated her waitressing job and thought it was insane she earned more serving sushi rolls. She's been applying for marketing jobs for weeks and the pay cut is insane. She vented. The 24-year-old recent graduate moaned that all the $100,000 a year salary jobs were for those with experience. People say that you get your degree, but they don't talk about how you need experience. The degree was the experience, she moaned. So uh, this is so funny. I mean. Entitled little bitch. (laughs) It's not just that. I mean, everyone's doing it apparently. It's a bit of a TikTok trend that people are saying, well, I've done my four years of study. I should be paid millions of dollars now. Oh, but this happens every generation. How many people come out of uni and they go, oh, I've got my degree now, I expect this. It's like, well, no, you're an entry mm. level, you're a grad. It happens across the board. Cut uh, your teeth and pay your dues, people. Well, I think if you want experience, get a job, part-time job in your field while you're studying. Yeah. And if if this lovely young lady you've just mentioned is earning a six-figure salary serving sushi rolls, stick to it. Yeah, yeah. And she probably gets free food as well. Oh, there you go. There now, you go. You, so, you gonna, oh, on, oh there was something. Now, this on the back of that, though, this is what I found quite funny. Um, I was having a look at this yesterday or two days ago. Now, it was a bit of a, a four-day week question um, and exposes a generational difference between Gen Z and the boomers. Mm-hmm. So the millennials a, and the boomers. I'm a boomer, aren't I? You are a juvenile boomer. (laughs) I fucking love that I can call you boomer now. Um, Okay, so basically there was a CEO, uh, a baby boomer CEO, and she was in a a bit of a debate um, with another guest speaker who was clearly a millennial millennial Gen Zer. And I were talking about this four-day working week. And anyway, I watched it and it was actually painful to watch this boomer go through. So I've got all my work done in the four days, blah, blah, blah. And then she's just going, but I don't understand what we're to do with that fifth day. Yeah, it's hard, isn't and, it? Because it works both ways, doesn't it? We've got entitled um, millennials and Gen Zs wanting X, Y, and Z, and then boomers not understanding what it is when it's given to them. Yeah, like, live your life, do something with it. Um, why? Like, like honestly, this woman was sta- it was so confused on the Zoom. Go, I've done it all. So, what do I do? I use that fifth day for uh, career. Um, enhancements and progressions and do do I do this with it? Do I do that with it? What do I do with that fifth day? And it's like, take the day off, you silly woman. Mm. She just didn't get what a four-day working week was going to look like. 
<laughs> Funny. Okay, so this is um from HR Magazine, my friends over at Ari. Now, the headline is, how should HR respond to an increasingly polarised workforce? Now, we touched on politics in the workforce last week. Mm. This is coming into this. So research, it's actually some research now that has been done, and it's showing that Australians are more divided on social issues than ever in the workplace. The polarisation can be harmful for employees, business growth, and your culture. Mm, mm, which is really true. So look, our world, it's very polarised and there's so many opinions out there. We touched on the voice vote. We touched on what's happening in Gaza at the moment. Uh, we've touched on what's happened in the Ukraine. It's, there's so many different things we've got. Uh, we're also looking at the, what's going on with the environment. Everyone mm. like that really stresses a lot of young people out nowadays. It stresses me out, and I'm middle aged. So it's like this survey was thirty two thousand people globally, and it shows that Australia is what they would call a country that is moderately polarized, but close to being in a danger of severe polarization. We're sitting at 45% think our nation is more divided today than at any point in history. Wow. Wow. Now, this is coming from the Elderman's latest trust barometer. It cites that the disparities are wealth disparity is 72%, media is 51%, government leaders at 49% are the main force of driving our polarisation. That says something that our media is now based more on opinion and clickbait than actual news stories. So that's why we suggest do your work, your, your research. But people... It's coming back to the societal changes that we're going. And companies viewing their political stance on something may not be in agreement with some of the people who work for you who then go on and either change their opinion Mm -hmm. just so they fit in. Because one of the big problems here is when polarisation seeps into the workplace, it can be a cause in group, can cause group favouritism and out of group prejudice, negative stereotyping, et cetera, and leading to an us versus them mentality within your workplace on social issues that are not, that don't align. I read an article um, this week that there's, and I can't remember the name of the company, and I've tried to find the article, that um, in interview questions have started asking what their thoughts are on the Middle Eastern crisis. And that's, that's imp- no, that's a firm fucking no. Yeah. You will be dragged to have fair work if you do that in Australia. Mm. So, I mean, I just, it just. Was that know, article in Australia? No, it wasn't an Australian one. Um, it was US, but it's, it's, um, you're in a hiding to nothing either way you answer it because you, you what are you trying to do then predict what the answer is do you stick to your guns do you just refuse to answer either there's no there's no win out of that for the candidate no yeah. win at all so it's, um we're in a we're in a, a, a very stressful state at the moment very very stressful mm. yeah let's let's talk events because at least events oh. uh, events can be happy well i'm going to start with the atc 2023 mm-hmm. aligned strategies empower people impactful outcomes Less than 50 tickets left, and it's in three weeks, peeps. Three weeks and less than 50 tickets. So I it's the 22nd, 23rd of November at Sydney's Luna Park. So get along and grab your ticket. But there's more. Joe and I were having a chat, and last week she released – the party tickets, which you can go along from 5 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday the 22nd, and that will get you into 
the after party on the first night, which is always a bit of a kicker, and the kick on after that was massive, massive last, last year. year. It was oh, hilarious. Dear. And then you've also got the day pass where you can come in and drop by and say hi to whoever you want in the expo hall and come and see all of the uh, vendors and what's going on in the expo hall, catch up with everyone. So I suggest if you can't afford to go, you can't get buy-in from your firm, um, come along to the expo and the after party. At least you're going to get all the freebie giveaways and get to see everybody and party down. And there's also some offers for buying tickets in groups of three or two as well, which make it a bit cheaper. So just jump on their website and have a look because there's so many different offers at the moment. cannot wait. Sideshow Ali, I need to get some new toys because Peppa Pig that I won last year, (laughs) she died. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And, and just, apart. And just oh, on the tack on to that, prior, the night prior to um, ATC, the Sydney Talent Meetup, Building for Inclusivity, How to Attract, Support and Engage Diverse Talent, 21st of November. Go to their meetup page and sign up. There'll be very limited tickets left because that one always, when I say sells out, it shouldn't say sell out because it's free, but it will be oversubscribed. So jump on as soon as you can. We're there. We'll As there. always, we're we'll everywhere. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. What have you got? I've also got, I'll do another two. Like, so the Sydney Recruitment Meetup has also got their great debate, the future of TA is AI Ooh. on November 13th. So jump on their meetup page. Um, and following that, the very next day, Hiring Success APAC on the November the 14th, final few tickets available for that. This is a free event. So smartrecruits.com slash hiring dash success slash APAC to register. That was a bloody mouthful. It was, it was. Yeah. And then the day after that is the HR and L&D Innovation and Tech Fest on the 15th and 16th of November at the ICCC. God, God, too many things going on here. So early bird tickets actually end at the end of this week for that one. So that is two days, two fun-filled days of HR, L&D, tech, innovation. Again, we're there. We're at everything. And if you do have any of Sydney, if you do have any (laughs) events coming up, please let us know because we'd love to promote them on this um, the scoop. So make sure you do. And Mm. on that note, this week from me, it is a goodbye. It's a goodbye from me and stay classy, Port Headland.